Well, hello, friends. Welcome to the Capital City Christian Church Podcast. My name is Chris, and I'm going to be your host today. If this is your first time listening, I would love to chat with you. So send me an email at hello at capitalcitychristian.org. We've spent the last two months in a series we've called Life, A Hero's Story. If this is your first time listening, I'd really recommend going back to the podcast starting in September. There's some really good stuff where we're looking at our lives and how our stories have echoes of a great hero story. But contrary to what you might think, we aren't the heroes. But today we're finishing up part two of three of this series. We're talking about how to do life with God together as a family of believers. And we have a special guest speaker today in our Connections Minister, Vern Huber. So let's turn it on over to him. So glad you're here today. We come together to to celebrate our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And to do that, I want to draw your attention to a passage of Scripture. For it says, For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Man, that's a neat passage of Scripture. That's just awesome. Folks, we get that... We get the first part of that, that where two or three are gathering in his name, but, you know, we call that coming to church. But don't miss out on the second piece. Don't miss that second piece where he's there. There I am with you. When we gather together in his name, Jesus is with us. Do you believe that? Sometimes I kind of doubt it that you believe it or you wouldn't be scrolling through Facebook or texting your friend about the UK football game last night or checking up on Twitter to catch up on the local gossip. If you believe, you wouldn't be worried about right now how long the service is going to go because if it goes too long, you'll have to stand in line at Cracker Barrel to get a table. If we really believe that Jesus is here, we would be one excited group because we're meeting together with our best friend, our Lord and Savior Jesus. Folks, it excites me to know that. And I know it excites some of you as well, but some of you, it may not excite all that much. Because you see, folks, it's all about your expectation of meeting together with Jesus' followers, brothers and sisters, to celebrate the good news of our Heavenly Father. Now, what usually happens is this. We come expecting to be entertained. You know, that catchphrase is, I really enjoyed the service. You know, when they play something kind of bluesy and peppy, man, that's when I really enjoy the service. Really? So it's all about the music for you? Maybe you come hoping to have one of your favorite songs played today. Hoping no one sets in your seat. You know, it's like the old Burger King slogan. You want to have it your way. You know, when things you're expecting to happen doesn't happen and you end up something like an old pickle where you sit soaking sour, it kind of goes like this. You know, you sit in your seat, you soak in your self-centeredness, and you sour your attitude. And if you do this, folks, you're blocking out any connection you're going to have, engagement with God, and any meaningful connection and relationship you're going to have with anybody else in the room. Worship 
is about God. It's not about what I like or about what I want. It's about entering into his presence and expecting to do that. Maybe today you don't know why you came this morning, but you're here. Maybe you feel like, you know, your life is all upside down because of the pressures of your job or financial struggles, maybe marital problems that you have or parenting issues, health problems. You know, I don't know why I came here, but I'm here. And if you relate to that, then this is the place for you. You need to be around people who will love on you, who will pray for you, who will pray with you. And folks, if you're in that kind of category, you need to be honest with God. You need to be honest and open with God and tell him about how messed up your life really is. And you need his guidance and his strength. Please, try to push all that other stuff out of the way, the worries and the cares, and focus on the goodness of God. By the way, uh, there's an elder in our prayer room praying for the service right now and would love to pray with you. And you can do that at any time. You can make your way to the prayer room, which is to the right as you came in or off to my left back here in the, in the end. Others may have come this morning hoping, hoping to meet with several other Jesus followers and to experience God, to praise him, to give him the glory for his amazing grace. That's given to each and every one of us. Folks, I don't know what brought you here, but I'm glad you're here this morning. But I know what brought Gail and I here to Cap City a couple of years ago. See, we first moved into the community. We were kind of looking around at different churches and decided, well, we'd come over and visit here. And folks, we were wounded. We were hurting. And we knew we could find healing where people gathered in Jesus' name. I remember it was Christmas Day, 2016, and folks, I was a little intimidated. And not only I think Gail was as well, because, you know, Cap City's a large church. We've been visiting other churches around, and some of them were not quite as large as Cap City. And so, you know, we had our concerns, you know, would we be accepted and would we be ignored because it is such a large church? You see, Gail and I came, and we had scars from the wounds of gossip and betrayal. We knew healing would come if we would seek God and surround ourselves with his people. I remember I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder that morning when I first came. I believe God and in his infinite wisdom just kind of went boop and knocked it right off my shoulder anyway because the first thing that happened, we come through the door, we had several people to greet us and they'd introduce themselves and tell us how glad we were to come and uh, that we were here. We come inside the worship center and Doc, with his magnanimous personality and superb people skills, even welcomed us. <laughs> seriously, folks, seriously. Gail and I came looking for healing from our Heavenly Father. When the service began, we could tell things had been carefully planned and orchestrated to draw our focus to our Heavenly Father. And it did. Our expectations to engage with God and the surroundings enhance that day of worship for us. You see, folks, it's all about what you bring into worship. If you come 
to be entertained, then you're going to be entertained. If you come expecting to have it your way, well, then you're going to miss out on engaging God and enjoying his people. If you come expecting to experience God, then you will experience God. Several years ago, Gail and I lived in the fair city of Houston, Texas. Some very close friends of ours out of Danville, Illinois, come down to visit us, Dick and Jenny Thompson. And I knew Dick was a big uh, Dodgers fan, and it just so happened while they were there, uh, Dodgers were going to be playing Astros. So I got tickets for the game, and we went out to, to dinner before the game, and Dick was just so excited to be able, he was going to see the Dodgers live. And uh, after the meal, he left and didn't even pay for his meal. He was doubly excited when he found out that the tickets were four rows back down the first baseline. I remember when we went and sat down, uh, Dick, I don't think Dick actually sat down first. The first thing he did, he went down because the Dodgers were warming up and he was hanging over the banister, shaking hands with the ball players and getting autographs. I mean, he's like a kid in the candy store. And then when he did come back up to his seat, he started hooping and hollering for the Dodgers. And, of course, the fans were around us doing some of the same thing. Next thing I know, he's up out of his seat, high-fiving one another and having a good time. And it was all okay. Why? Because it was part of the Dodger family. Man, that's a time that we'll never forget. And I think Dick's the same way. He'll never forget that. But now just imagine, if you would, how I would feel if I made all these plans, got these tickets to see the Dodgers play the Astros, made reservations at the, at the dinner house close to one of the popular places close to the Dome. We arrived early so he could meet with, the, with the, the players, get those autographs. And we got there and Dick just sat down. Didn't talk to anybody else. Didn't engage with the game. I'd have been a little heartbroken. Now, don't you think that it might break our Heavenly Father's heart when we gather together expecting to be just entertained or just to have it our way? We need to realize our Heavenly Father desires to be with us so much that he made a promise. And James, the brother of Jesus, records that promise in James chapter 4 and verse 8, come near to God, and he will come near to you. That's awesome. Now, folks, this verse in Greek can be translated either singular or plural. Now, look at the plural translation, if you would. You all near to God, and he will come near to you. That's proof positive God loves Kentucky. But it's the same promise that Jesus makes in Matthew 18, 20. We read it again. For where the two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. When we come together to express our gratitude to our Heavenly Father, He promises He's going to join us. God doesn't say, well, <laughs> I might be there. Or, yeah, you know what, if I feel like it, I'll show up. Or if I don't get a better offer, sure, I'll be there. No, folks, that's not what God does. He promises. He promises to be among us.
great things can happen when we come together seeking God. How God will reveal himself, folks, I can't explain and I don't know. I don't know what he'll do when, when people come together, but I know this. I know that the power of God is present when we come together in Jesus' name. I know that God's power will convict sin. I know that God's power will bring healing to the hurting. I know God's power will grant acceptance to the lonely. I know God's power will move when we expect to meet with him. Have you ever heard the phrase, Inside every human being, there's a God-shaped void that no one, no other person can fill. You may have even heard that from this platform. I don't know, but that is true. But according to the writer of Genesis in chapter 2, verse 18, we read, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Okay, Vern, now what's that got to say? Well, for years, many of us have heard this quote in the context of marriage and that rightly so. But I believe the implications go beyond the affirmation of marriage relationship. I believe at its core, this is a statement about the importance of God's children connecting well with one another. It appears God creates inside, a, inside man a kind of human void that God himself will not fill. No substitute will fill this need for human relationship, not money, not achievement, not business, not books, not even God himself. Folks, I think so many times we walk around with this kind of false smile on our face, you know, making people think everything's cool and we're happy and we feel accepted and, and all, but I still think there's people walking around with this false smile and they're still empty inside and are longing for people to connect with. Most of us even walk around with a tiny computer either in our pocket or sometimes hold it in our hand or hanging on our belt. Those crazy things we call a cell phone that can connect us with the people all over the globe. Folks, we are so connected to other people that we should feel like everything is, is okay, right? But it's not. Actually, loneliness is rising in our society today. Matter of fact, loneliness may overtake obesity as the epidemic threatening most Americans today. Look at some of these stats. One in three, 33% of 18 to 35-year-olds feel cared for by those around them. So what does that equate to? Well, look at this. Then that means... Two-thirds don't feel cared for. Did you catch that? 32% feel that someone believes in them. Then that means two-thirds feel like people don't believe in them. Folks, we have more technology to connect to, to the world, but we are so disconnected in our society. And my concern and my hope is that Cap City does not fall in those stats. I want us to hang in there because you look at, I want to remind you folks, I don't want you to become part of the, the 33%. What, what, you know, 
because I kind of got that backward just a little bit. I want that 33% to grow but of feeling more cared for. I want the two-thirds to diminish and that, and that other 33% grow. And for way to that for happen, folks, is to meet with people. It should stir our hearts that we would want to connect with other people so that their loneliness will subside. Folks, I understand. I understand and realize there's like two to 300 people in this room right now, and, and I'm not asking you to get to know each and every one of them. But what I am asking for you to do is get to know eight to 10 intentionally, okay? And then I intentionally grow together, and I want that acquaintance that you're making to grow into a close friendship, and that close friendship grows into a point where you do life together. And to make that happen, I want to repeat myself, you need to connect with other people. You need to meet with them. Hebrews 10.25, a portion of that passage says, not giving up, meeting together. Now, so many preachers use this to teach people they need to come to church on Sunday, and rightly so. Well, to a point. The very core of this statement deals with meeting together not coming together to a building on Sunday morning. Not just that. The early church not only met together on Sunday, they also met together in people's homes during the week where they shared their food with one another, they encouraged one another, they prayed with one another. And as they prayed and encouraged, they saw the faith in Jesus Christ continue to, to blossom. Folks, our key passage this morning doesn't say when two or three are gathered on Sunday morning. No, it doesn't say that. It says, for whether two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. That means Sunday morning. That means Sunday night. That means Wednesday night. That means in schools when you come together as a devotional group. That means at work when you meet together with several people to study the word together. That means at home when you come together with your family to have devotion. That means any place, any time people come together in Jesus' name, guess what? He's there. Isn't it awesome to know that, folks, we don't have to wait to Sunday morning for him to be there. Now, folks, our life group model is modeled after that of the early church where people are meeting together in different times and different places where they learn about Jesus and they encourage one another. Life group is a non-threatening, informal setting where you build a relationship with eight to ten Jesus followers to share the joys and the heartaches of life together. Why? Because, folks, we are better together. I invite you to come see me sometime. I'll get you connected with a life group. And if you enough of you connect together with me, guess what? We'll just start a new one. Okay? But do that. Because, folks, when you meet together with your life group, expect to meet God. When you come to this building to worship, with other Jesus followers, expect to experience God. We have a purpose, and that purpose is when we come together is to engage God with others around us. 
I want to remind us again, the power of God is more prevalent when we meet together with other Jesus followers. Now, I want to speak to a certain segment this morning that I haven't addressed just yet. Because you see, there's a certain segment sitting in here that says, I just don't feel like connecting right now. I want to be left alone. For whatever reason. And that's okay. You need to be here with us. God wants you here with us. But God doesn't want you to stay disconnected from his other children. If that describes you, then what I'm going to ask of you is to pray and ask him to grant you the courage to bust out of your shell and connect with other Jesus father followers. Even whether you're a Jesus follower or not, you need to be encouraging other people. You need to be encouraged by other people. Now, over the past few weeks, we've been going down a path or following a path that was going to develop our passion to meet our Heavenly Father. I want to direct your thoughts to a couple of those points out of that path that we went down. The first thing that we found was the rescue in the rescued life is this, that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are born into God's family and become a child of God. Since we are a part of his family, our Heavenly Father desires what's best for us. In the second part of the series, we found that God does not require us to follow all those 613 Old Testament laws. He's reduced it down to two. One, love God. The second one is much like the first, is just as important, love others. In the third part of that series, we discovered how we could build a relationship with our Heavenly Father one-on-one through prayer and scripture reading. Oh, by the way, have you downloaded your app? The version app? I already had it downloaded, you know. Just want to make sure you guys have done the same thing. How about the 30-day challenge? Have you accepted that 30-day challenge? You know, where Doc said what he wants you to do is put the notifications out where they'll send you that passage of scripture every, every day. And you take a minute to read that passage of scripture and meditate on what it's saying. And then you take another minute and you pray about that passage of scripture and other things that's going on in your life. Two minutes a day is all he was asking. I'm on day seven. How about you? Huh? And folks, then today, we talked about engaging God together and the expectation of meeting him together. Now, if you look down this path, it will definitely increase your passion to follow Jesus. But the path doesn't stop when this series stops. It continues on until God's going to take us home. Now, I believe that there are Jesus followers who think that the path of God kind of stopped at the top of those baptistry stairs. Well, I'm saved. Okay, fine. That's good enough. But you miss out on so much of what God has in store for you. You see, that path continues on to continually build that personal relationship with God and doing life together with other other children of God. Our spiritual life become richer and more meaningful. 
Maybe there's some sitting in here this morning that have never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And you feel that little nudge and you don't know what's going on inside. You may feel like, I need to make a a decision for this Jesus. Maybe I don't know all the thing about him, and that's okay, but do you believe that he is the Son of God? And if that answer is yes, you need to accept him. Let him in. It will be the best decision of your life. If you have questions about making a decision for Jesus Christ, I'll be down here in front. You can come talk to me. Doc will be here. You can talk to him. Our elders are here. You can talk to them. But we want to share with you the love of Jesus and what that can mean for your life. Again, let me echo, I spoke today about us coming together, engaging God with one another. We're going to be gathering around these worship stations here shortly. And as you do so this morning, uh, I want you to be thinking about it. Yes, I want you to think about Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection. Because, see, that should stir us to think about our Savior Jesus traded the glory of heaven for a cross. He did this so you and I could experience what true love and true grace really is. Now, this morning when you go to the worship stations, what I'd like for you to do is go ahead and pick up the cracker and pick up the cup. But don't take it just yet. If you would, please take it back to your seat with you and meditate on it. Meditate what God is doing in your life or the grace that you need in your life. You see, uh, also when you come to these worship stations, you'll find a white bucket and and a black box. The black box is there for those who call Cap City home and want to share in that ministry. Also, the white bucket is what Doc talked about, us loving people outside these walls. Every penny that goes in that white bucket will help people in our community and also in this building. But the main thing I want us to do today is to focus on Jesus. We're going to sing a song, and during that song, I want you to stand. I want you to come to the worship station. Again, let me echo, please pick up the bread and the juice and take it back to your seat. Meditate, and I'll come back up on stage after the song. And we'll take it together. If you would, please, let's stand and come to the worship stations. Thank you.